and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. Alrighty, we are here. We are ready. It is the much-anticipated Moon Knight episode 4 tonight, or tonight we're talking about it, but we watched it last night because we're recording on a Thursday. So, Katie, I know you have a list. Why don't you take it away with the first item on your list? Okay, and that's great because my list is in order, um, for the most part. Um, so... My first thought was coming from, obviously we saw at the end of last episode, or the, the third episode, just to clarify, um, Khonshu being in prison, we saw him become a little statue. And then what I thought was really interesting was we continued that storyline at the very beginning of this one, and we saw something a little interesting, which was the fact that there are many, many gods imprisoned. <laughs> on a wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I've been talking for a couple of weeks about how I had the theory that it was 9 minus 7 is 2 and it was Khonshu and Ami, like that's why. And then that shot in and of itself totally blew up my theory because there were way more than two. Yeah. I there there they were using a a special word for it and I can't for, like, remember. Like the what, statues? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what they were calling them. Either way, there were more than two statues, which yeah. was interesting. So how many gods were initially there? Like, that looked like at least five to ten that have been banished. Plus, we saw another five that are still active. So it's like there are at yep. least ten to fifteen Egyptian gods, or there were at one point. Also, though, I just have to say, the gods that are still standing, like, who are they to just, like, decide that these other gods, like, cannot exist i'm really glad you said that i really in my notes i have written upon this is how my note is written many gods imprisoned period what gives the other gods the rights question mark (laughs) um and i thought the same thing because i was at first i was like oh well you know if this is like supposed to be the council or whatever but then i was like thinking about even what you were saying with khonshu and amet and I was like, if these were the other two of the nine, for say, what gives them the authority to do it to yeah. other council members? And then I also was like, but in general, what gives them the authority? And now I'm just going to throw this out here. I don't think I said it during this episode, but I will say the dude who like was kind of running the meeting, I think is sketch. The balding <laughs> one? Yeah, In a suit. Yeah, he looks like he... Mr. Finance Bro. But like, he's yeah, 10 years. Yeah. Maybe it's just because every movie I've ever seen has told me that a guy who looks like that in a suit is, like, (laughs) suspicious and, like, going to screw over you with your taxes and do tax fraud. I don't know. You know who that reminds me of? That agent from Sitwell. Agent Sitwell. Mm. He gives me Sitwell vibes. Not because I think he's, like, undercover working for some other organization, but just because he's, like, mad shady and just shows up everywhere. But he has, like, power. Yeah. And I, I, I just thought it was weird. So I am going to at least throw that out there for a possible theory that he's, like, mm, kind of weird and sketchy and might have ulterior motives. But I just thought it, in general, seeing all these gods in prison, I I have to think, and this might get really deep about something we might never get confirmation about, <laughs> but they talk a lot about how they, or at least the gods when they were on screen, talked a lot about how they had sworn really not to be that involved in the the like human life they have their avatars and that's about it they aren't supposed to interfere and i almost wonder if that was a minority decision and the minority's in power right now and is essentially running the show and anybody who breaks those rules and goes against what they want is getting imprisoned i mean that's totally fair i was literally just about to ask before you started talking like what were the other gods offenses like we know Kanchu and amit and theirs were directly tied to being too involved with humanity and right. overstepping is that the same uh what's the word i'm looking for is that the same line that the other gods also crossed or was it something different i'm right. really curious 
Yeah, that's my best theory for that. And like I said, we might never get a confirmation for it just because it might not be the most important thing going on in the show. But it definitely is semi-important enough that they showed it to us for us to have this knowledge. I have a feeling the... I'm going to call it now. I have a feeling in the process of Moon Knight... Or not Moon Knight. Well, Mark and Steven working to get Khonshu out, they unleash all the other gods. Ooh, I like that. Because I was just going to say, I think... I, they don't ever show us anything without a reason, right? They could have simply exactly. showed us him putting Kanchu on a shelf. They did not need to pan away to show us the full breadth of what else was on that shelf. So that, to me, says there's something bigger here. Whether that bears out in Moon Knight Season 1, whether it gets another season, or he's in a movie, or however that works... You know, I not to get away from Moon Knight, but we did get the Thor Love and Thunder trailer this week, and we got our first look at Zeus. So, clearly, that's something we've been talking about basically since the Moon Knight Predictions episode, that there are other gods, and the MCU, on top of moving more mystical and more space, is also now moving into a more... I don't even know what to say, but like into a more god. I guess mythological would be the right yes, word. Yes, there we go. Into a more mythological realm. And I think even in some ways the Eternals kind of fit into that really well. And so to me, now that you're introducing the Greek gods and Zeus and Gore the God Butcher, as our friend had said to me on Twitter a couple weeks ago, it makes sense then that you're showing more and more gods in order to bring in that antagonist and make it really feel consequential. So, again, taking it all the way back to our friend whose yeah. handle, unfortunately, escapes me, but appreciate that because he was weak, he or she, I'm not sure, was weeks ahead of that uh, reveal because they were totally on. Yeah, and and I think, you know, that even with this going, going back to even our predictions episode, the amount of times we were mentioning how... You know, it's going to be interesting with the Egyptian gods. And I even mentioned Zeus <laughs> being in the comics, and now we've obviously seen a confirmation of Zeus being in the MCU. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting, and that's why I, I'm going to go with, to to finish off this point and to reiterate, I'm going to go with um, them letting loose the other gods that are imprisoned because it just feels like one of those things where they're the people in power are not necessarily making choices for the best of everyone, but making choices for what they believe is the best for everyone, which we know is not usually the same narrative. Yeah. I will back you on that one. I think that one seems pretty solid. Um, I'm excited for it, honestly. Me too. Uh, it's going to be really chaotic, but really fun. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I want to go into my first note, and it's something that I think a lot of people have been pointing out. The first thing that I noticed in the episode was Layla just kicking butt and taking names. Sans Mark, Sans Steven, like, especially the part that it hit me first, because it was chronologically first in the episode, was when she and Steven, well, now an unconscious Steven, because the spirit of Khonshu has left him, and <laughs> there are some... <laughs> I don't know, desert pirates, that's what I'm going to call them, desert pirates, um, coming after them. And she kind of rolls Stephen down the hill, but then, like, totally takes them out, like, by herself. And then he, like, kind of comes to, and she's, like, taking care of the whole situation, just kind of looks at her. It's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I, I am always here for that. And then I know she kind of has a big moment later on where she takes out that weird, like, mummy thing. Yeah, that was good, too. Yeah, I, I was like, I am living through I don't even know like I couldn't I have both my fantasy of like going and exploring a tomb and also the terror of actually running into something um but no the fact that you brought up Layla I, I do want to talk real quick because actually one of my points was based off of her but obviously Steven is a little bean uh I love Steven with a burning passion like I just think he's the cute little like I can't like like a little frog um <laughs> <laughs> like He's just, you could tell, like, he's such an innocent person. Um, and so I really do enjoy the episodes where we have Steven more than Mark. No offense to Mark, but Mark's that hardened person, and you can tell he has a past. And Steven's just little knife. He's like, oh my god, I'm in a tomb. I know, <laughs> he was so excited. Yeah, he was just fangirling. Like, he was like, whoa. So, obviously I love him. And obviously I think we saw from 
you know, episode two since Layla was introduced, Stephen clearly is like, whoa, this is my wife. But, like, not my wife, but my wife. Like, this girl's <laughs> awesome. And we saw it in episode three that she was, she's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say, she's very gentle towards Stephen. Like, she yeah. clearly has animosity towards Mark for, like, good reason. And I'm right. sure we'll get to that because we definitely talked about that before. But putting those aside, she just based on even their marital issues, she has some issues with yeah. Mark. But Stephen, I think she's actually really good at separating and understanding you look like my husband, but I'm not going to punish you for the things that my husband did because you're not him. See, it's interesting you said that because that was kind of my point on the other flip side is that I have quite an empathetic feeling or sympathetic (laughs) feeling towards Layla because I couldn't imagine like stepping outside of everything else going on, seeing this man that she almost hates to a degree right now um well now more than ever but we'll get to that um but <laughs> even at that moment in the show but also falling for him as a different person um yeah and i couldn't imagine like you know even <laughs> really awkward kiss <laughs> i know um, but even just i couldn't imagine because for her she's kissed him so many times but that's not mark so i i do genuinely feel for her to understand like this is a huge internal battle even for her, and she's just swinging through it, but... She's handling it like a freaking pro. Yeah. I, I That was just one of my points to point out, that, you know, I I, I just genuinely, during that moment, you could just, you could see it, that it wasn't like, she. it wasn't that she didn't want it, but you could tell that there was that battle of, this is Steven, this isn't Mark, but for me, it's still kind of Mark, and it's like, it, it's definitely difficult for her. Yeah, for sure. I've really grown very much to like her character. I admire her a lot. Um, I think at first it was kind of, like, weird. She, like, shows up and, like, you're like, who is this person? And she's like, I'm your wife. And I was like, what is happening? But then, like, she kind of shows, you know, she's, first of all, she's a total baddie. And she absolutely just takes care of business. When it's Steven, she's, like, the misadventurer and she's amazing. And then when it's Mark, she's just like, you're a freaking idiot and we're going to do it my way. And I love it. Yeah. Um, but she's also, like I said, she's really empathetic and I, you know, I think it would be so easy to have played this character or to have written this character as someone who is really antagonistic towards all of the alters because of the bad or, you know, strained relationship she has with the one that she's familiar with. But I like how it's very nuanced to, to the two alters that she's, um, come into contact with so far. Yeah. And I mean, I have another point relating to this as, since we're here, um, and I know we're skipping around the episode a little bit, but I will say, and this is nothing against Layla, and this is just like a trope issue for me. So I do want this is the only problem I have with the entire episode. But and you're gonna you're gonna understand why I was just annoyed with this. Alright, lay it on me. I do hate the trope of and it's whatever, you can however you feel about anything, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just a personal opinion. I do hate the trope of oh no, woman get emotional. Oh no, plan is messed up because she won't let things happen. It happens a lot. I hate it. And we saw it in this. And it's really hard because obviously we understand Leela has a connection with her mother. Not her mother. Her father. <laughs> I mean, probably her mother, but her father. <laughs> um, and it, it means a lot to, to her, but she also knew how important it was to get out of the tomb and everything. And they played the trope of, we're not leaving until you tell me what's going on. And then it was the whole, but we need to get going. And now they got in trouble and now Mark got shot. So it was like, and I think too, in this instance, it's almost against her character because Layla has been so good at being logical. And granted, anybody in this situation, you find out your spouse is partially responsible for murdering your father. Totally all bets are off. I am not discounting that at all. Yeah. Like most people, I don't have this experience. I've never lived through something like this, so I can't even tell you how I would react myself. Right. But up until this point, even when Layla was frustrated or upset with Mark, she was still able to get the job done. And granted, this is on a much larger scale, like I said, than some of the things that they've been fighting about before, but it does kind of create a dissonance between the Layla we'd seen before and what happened in the two. Yeah, and I mean, since we're kind of on that topic we can move into it in a second but I just I don't like seeing it because it's the same thing I've seen it a lot 
all the time. It's kind of like, and to then to your point, on top of that, with her character being, you know, you're so annoying, but we have something to take care of here. Yeah. Like, she's been very to the point any other time, so kind of seeing her hold up, and honestly, she put the entire thing in jeopardy, and everything that happened from that point was her fault. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm over the trope. I'm overseeing it. Um, I didn't need to see it in this moment, and I just was kind of annoyed by it. So I needed to just release that thought. Yeah. I think it's especially frustrating when you realize, like, it's literally just there as a plot device. So, yeah. you know, it you could have used any other plot device, like, I don't know, the door shut. Maybe there was a magical enchantment. Like, you or know, you're in a mystical realm. Why does it have to be the woman's emotions that kind of... Well, are the stop, exactly you know? and in all honesty i know something even i thought of immediately i was like or you could have just had him pull out the, the statue from the mouth and he turns around and all of arthur's dudes are there there was no reason it had to be layla's reaction that held them up that yeah. didn't allow them to escape there were ways to just not have done that trope and i just didn't need to see it like i said just the only part that i was like i'm annoyed <laughs> but since we kind Fair. of brought it up what also kind of made me annoyed was because her reaction was so strong, but the words came out of Arthur's mouth. We can't trust Arthur. He's the villain. Well, even if you go back to the episode, last episode, when they were in the car and she was talking to Mark and she was like, why won't you tell me things? And then she asked him something about his her father and he completely shut her down. Like, you could see the gears turning. Like, Layla's a very smart woman. And so I think she had doubts and... Arthur played into that, mm-hmm. yes, but at the same time, was he wrong? No, like, Mark admitted to it. He didn't, you know, deal the killing blow. He didn't hold the trigger, but he led his partner to her father. So he's, you know, an accessory before the fact. He's just as culpable in that sense. So even though it, it was Arthur and, like, it did get a rise out of her, I think he played on doubt she was already having towards her husband. And in the end, yeah. he wasn't wrong. Yeah. No, and I don't disagree with that. I just was like, I know you had your doubts, but you also couldn't, it's not like it was coming from a trusted source. Yeah. So I also was like, you know he's playing with you. You know from the get-go. You knew he was going to. Um, That's his game. That's what he does. I was like, girl, come on. (laughs) Like, But I will say, did we not call it last week that Mark was at least related to the murder of her father? Yes, we did. And then he even goes, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but he does say then that he was supposed to die. I think he probably got in the way or, you know, did not necessarily, maybe got cold feet, whatever. And that's how he ended up with Conchu because he was supposed to die out there in the desert. So we kind of killed two birds with one stone with that little um, outburst between Mark and, and Layla, but also confirmed that we were right. You know, I think yeah. I think we talked about that in, probably a couple episodes too ago as well um but then really solidified it last episode for sure yeah one other thing and you touched on this at the beginning of the episode was about how we really um picked up where episode three left off but one thing that i think you didn't really expound and and obviously you or expand upon and obviously we all saw it because we you know throughout the episode was we did talk about how we needed more Moon Knight last, in our last episode, we were like, hey, give us more, we want more action, and then we had an episode completely without him, um, because of the, the, the ramifications of, of Conchu being enshrined in the little statue, so that was something where I was like, I kind of expected it, I'm not disappointed because I expected it, but I hope this doesn't last, because, one, I need more Moon Knight, like, this is all great, and it's fun, but I really want to see the actual superhero in action a little more than we've gotten, um, and for all the reasons I talked about last week, like, I definitely hope that, you know, they release Conchu sooner rather than later so that we can get Moon Knight back on the table, Mr. Knight. And I also, you know, we basically have confirmation that he's coming back. I mean, other than the fact that it's logical, because I saw something online today about how Oscar Isaac was saying that, you know, people are, are theorizing that Jake's going to have his own, like we were, Jake's going to have his own version of Moon Knight. And Oscar was, you know, basically like, oh, you're just going to have to see. But that confirms two things. One, that Jake is coming. And two, that Moon Knight is back because he wouldn't have, or like, right. if he was not going to confirm that, he would have just said, oh, well, there's no more Moon Knight because there's no more Conchu. So we got basic confirmation that Jake and Moon Knight are coming back. Um, so that's super exciting as well, even though we did have a Moon Knightless episode. 
for episode four. Yeah. And I mean, I actually think even last episode, we weren't 100% sure if that was going to be the ramification. Now we got that confirmation. Uh, I think we were like that 95% sure, but it was just, we were like, well, you never actually know. Um, So we'll just play it safe for right now, just so we know. But um, yeah, no, I definitely... I'm a little sad that we aren't seeing a lot more of Moon Knight as I thought we would. Um, We didn't get a lot of him in the other episodes, and then, you know, now we're not having him at all. I love, though, and I want to make the points of this, I love that we're getting genuine backstory, finally. Yes. Even with Mark talking about Layla's father. Great, that's not a question anymore. We know what happened. Thank you. I get it. Checking things off the list. Yeah. Yeah. So it's giving some confirmation. And you know what else it confirmed? That we've still been like, mm, we're not 100% sure. Mark is 100% the, I don't want to say like original person, but like the person who has the altars and it's not Steven. Steven is an altar. Mm-hmm. And it's 100% seemingly confirmed that Mark has lived this way for many years and he, he usually fronts. Um, and it seems like lately has been the the falling off with Steven kind of being the person who fronts the most. And I think that probably seemingly has come from the Conshu issue with he normally, I guess, as Mark is likely off on missions as Moon Knight and then to live a regular life, Steven comes kind of out, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. I do like that we've gotten pretty much that kind of confirmation too to understand, okay, now we know who came from where. And it does make sense. And I, I think, you know, even, I think maybe episode one, even, I was like, I can argue both sides. But it did always make sense to have someone who is that escape, that person who just has, like, he, he's, it's really like the jock and nerd, like, thing almost. Yeah. Where you've got that trope is, like, coming yeah, out. Yeah, like, you've got Mark swinging and, then, and ready to hit anybody at all times. And then you have, like his little bean of a bestie who's a nerd and he's like, I protect Steven at all times even though Steven makes me mad. <laughs> like, you, Steven makes me mad. I'm allowed to yell at him but you're not allowed to yell at him. He's my Steven. So, I do have to say I really like that and I like the dynamic between the two of them and I'm sure we can get further into that dynamic very soon since we've now seen both of them on screen. <laughs> Together. That, okay. <laughs> I have some thoughts about those last 10 minutes. They can all be summed up in one word, which is, what? Um, we were all tripping. <laughs> it's essentially where I got. I was like, what is going on? I don't understand. I I think I would have understood more if Layla had done even like a little wink towards him to be like, I got you. But she didn't. So then I was like, Oh, I'm even more confused. And then I was like, maybe we were imagining all this. Like, let's go with that thought. But then he ran into, or he got Steven out of the, like, sarcophagus. Was that a sarcophagus? I know I know our bestie Jake's in a sarcophagus. Um, <laughs> I was so hoping they wouldn't walk past that room. I was like, bring him I know. out. Unleash the but Jake. I, I, I guess I was like, when, once Steven came out, I was like, oh, no. No, this is just now confusing. Like, I was trying to, like, rationalize, but then that happened. I was like, I can't rationalize. Yeah. I was reading an article yesterday after I finished the episode, and it was saying that I guess there's a a comic panel in which this happens. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, pulled pretty closely from that panel. And the whole reason that they chose to go this way and, and the way that they directed it and all that stuff was because they wanted you to question reality and question whether or not everything we've seen up until this point is basically a figment of Mark's imagination Mm. or whether that's the reality and this is just, like, him in some, like... And I'm kind of paraphrasing here, slash, I don't remember exactly this part of the article, but, like, whether he's in some sort of, like, netherworld between the living and the dead because he was shot, you know? So their whole thing was, like, we want to make people question, like, whether this whole show that they've got invested, gotten invested in this whole storyline is actually just, like, this very mentally ill man and, like, his fantasies. And oh, so I did exactly what the producers wanted me to. Great. I'm really glad. <laughs> you fell right I said, into yeah, it. Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> I definitely thought it was 
like like I said, I tried to rationalize a couple things, but then the things that I thought could happen to maybe kind of pull us back from that edge just never happened. And, you know, then the hippo showed up. So then I was like... <laughs> yeah, so the hippo is a goddess. Yes, and I actually wanted to give a shout out um, because I did tweet on our account that I couldn't explain the hippo because I couldn't. And someone who saw it and I and I retweeted it so that other people could be informed about it. They go by the user at turns 1701E. Uh, did let me know. It's I'm going to butcher this, but it's Tawaret. 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 I can't say the T-A-W. It's T-A-W-A-R-E-T. <laughs> but my brain just can't function with that. But she is the Egyptian goddess of pregnancy and motherhood, and she is often depicted with the head of a hippo. So take that as you will. Like I said, big shout out to them for informing us on. Unfortunately, I, I'll do much better once Zeus is present with the with um you know Greek stuff. But um yeah, I I can't explain why she would have appeared either. Yeah, what is she? Maternity and and birth. Well, yeah, pregnancy and motherhood. So. Okay, so I was kind of close. Interesting. Who is... Where is the new life being formed? Is it Jake? But Jake's already been there. Yeah, um... <laughs> I'm not sure. And... <laughs> I, I... I don't know, but I will say... And now this is me reaching into, like, a far abyss. <laughs> that That is, like, if you ever played Minecraft, you fell down it and died immediately because it was such a far drop. Um... That's what I'm in right now. I will say, Steven was on the phone with his mom the first few episodes, and she never seemed to actually be on the phone with him. That is the tie to motherhood I know we've gotten, so I wonder if there's something. And Layla did drop, Layla did drop the little hint that Mark does not speak to his exactly. mother. Exactly. A.K.A. Steven's mother. Sort yeah. Of, kind of. Because, like, one baby came out. Of the yeah. Room. So my yeah. thought is there might be a connection to yeah. there might be a connection to where that is as well. Um, because we haven't gotten any answer about that, and that's also another thing that's not just usually slipped in. It was obviously made present to us. Other than that, maybe it has to deal with the fact that like because he has different altars, it's almost like they are being born out of almost. Like, I mean, they're coming out of sarcophaguses, almost like they're being raised up and coming out and being born as their own people. So maybe next episode, we're going to have three different Oscar Isaacs on our screen. I think we will, um, because this was actually something I noticed this episode when I was watching through the credits, because I was like, we're getting to episode four, we might have an end credit scene, you know, you got to be prepared. Uh, yeah, I looked. When he, <laughs> when he does appear and he his name pops up it's a head but the head has three faces yeah. coming out of it so i was like oh three altars mark jake and steven like that makes total sense so i do think that we're gonna get him playing three characters next week whether they're all on screen at the same time that i'm not sure i will say though steven's high-pitched um <laughs> high-pitched scream when the hippopotamus ta- tawaret tawaret came out I was literally, like, crying. It was so funny. Like, March is like, uh, and Steve was like, ah, and I yeah, was like, I, it was so yeah. bad. And I will point out, since we're on the topic, too, the Twitter user who pointed this out also, and I did see this before, but then he also shared it with me, or she, I'm unsure. They also were sharing that there was a hint towards her at the very beginning of the the series um, in the gift shop. There I was a little that. hippo. It was Tawaret. It's a little stuffed animal, a little plushy. So we did actually get a little Easter egg from before, and we didn't know it was an Easter egg until later. But yes, so I I don't know. Like I said, maybe we'll be seeing all three of them together, and we'll be in this, like, psycho place, whether it's an actual hospital, whether it's a dream. I have no clue. So, like, this, this I don't know what to call it, uh, because for us, it's just blowing our brains. <laughs> So, I mean, I think if we're, I will say if I think if we start the episode where we ended the episode, we will see three Oscar Isaacs. That's fair. And I think we will. I think there's a scene, it's one of the few scenes in the trailers that we haven't already seen in the show, 
where he is screaming at people in the hospital, but I don't believe it was when he was screaming at people the way he was this episode. So I think there is yet unseen footage. Now, again, Marvel does not include every scene that's in a trailer in the movie or the show and does not include in the show, obviously, in the show every, or in the trailer every scene that's in the show because then you're basically watching the show. But, you know, I say all that to say, you know, there is the hint that perhaps we're going to spend more time in this hospital netherworld, please. And to your point, then we, in my opinion as well, we will definitely get Jake Stephen and Mark kind of all interacting, which will be interesting because, you know, Stephen and Mark have a bond, whereas, like, Jake is, like, this new guy that, like, kind of just started showing up last episode, and one of the other interesting things I saw in the article that I was reading where they interviewed, I believe it was the directors, but it was someone involved in the production of the show, was they were saying, you know, when they have that scene where Mark and Stephen kind of embrace because they find each other in that hospital, that they wanted to feel like they'd earned it, that like Mark and Stephen had actually created a bond and it wouldn't feel foreign that they actually, you know, had, I don't want to say like feelings for one, like not in that way, but like they have like an emotional like almost tie. a brotherhood. Yeah, like an emotional tie, right? And so yeah. um, I thought that was interesting as well because now, you know, they're forming this emotional bond and Jake's just this guy showing up out, out of left field who kind of shares their body like once in a blue moon. I'm raising my hand because I'm going to throw some terrible theories out. <laughs> Go for it. Hit me. What if Jake is not just this random guy? It's possible Stephen was not the first alter that we were led to believe. <laughs> and Jake has been present before, just has been pushed down. <laughs> and essentially, I notice how every time we, like, even with the sarcophagus, he's, like, stuck. He's, you know, he, he's right there, but he's stuck. It's like he's almost locked away. What if he was one of the first alters to have appeared and maybe Jakey, my boy, uh, might have been responsible for a murder? And Mark was trying to not have Jakey, my boy, be responsible for a murder. <laughs> Do you think Jake was there when Layla's dad died? I don't know. I'm just throwing out, like I said, a possibly terrible theory, but it's possible that Jake has been around longer than we're being led to believe and that he's not exactly new. He's just new to us. And he's been probably somehow made to be like, I don't know how Mark was handling his uh, DID before since Layla clearly had no clue. Um, So it's very possible he went through a spurt where maybe he managed to shake it a little bit and he shook Jake enough. And then, you know, Steven made an appearance (laughs) later on. (laughs) I think that's, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Just to play devil's advocate, though, you know, Mark, the cat's out of the bag, right, for Mark. So he doesn't really need to hide the DID anymore, especially as it relates to Layla. And he does not seem aware of Jake. Because when he takes back control of the body last episode and he's mid-stab, he looks at Steven like, Steven, dude, what are you doing? This is a total 180. And Steven's like, dude, I didn't do this. And they were both confused about how their body ended up in that position. For someone who's aware that he has a problem or that he has is suffering from mental illness, it was weird to me that, like, Mark doesn't know about Jake. So it's, it's hard for them me to believe that, like, he knew Jake was a thing and then he worked really hard to get Jake away or to push him away and get control of the DID because he seems just as confused as Steven does in that respect. Well, it is always possible that say he, you know, um, went and seeked help and everything and he did maybe be, or uh, let's try English. He possibly did work through some of the issues he was having in the course of having another altar and maybe he had multiple it's possible he ha- it's been so long since Jake's been present for him. Because keep in mind, him and Layla were married for a while. And he murdered his father, her father, English is hard, before they were together. So, and we'll get, I know exactly why you just made that face and we'll get there in a second. But, you know, it's possible that because of what happened, he seeked help and he was able to push through it. So, I mean, what, what do they say? They were married for what, like eight years or something? 
It was definitely like they weren't newlyweds for sure. Like no. they had an established marriage. Exactly. So like think maybe if he what did go and seek help after that incident, I mean, if they were married that long, let's just theoretically add at least a year of dating on top of there. It's been years since he would have had possibly another altar that wasn't now Steven appearing. So he, he could have just as easily still been confused and not and been like, I didn't realize. Or he never realized Jake was there. So he would have his moments and not even realize it was Jake and being a different or having a, an altar take the light in the sense of what Split describes it as, which is well, I've said before, but don't, Split is a bad example of Danny. But I will use that at least the light thing to make sense of it. Um, so it's possible things got wonky. Like, I, I could think maybe he did kill her father, but it wasn't him. But he didn't know it wasn't him. Just to be devil's advocate to your devil's advocate and throw a terrible theory out there just because I know, who knows? It could be, like, you know, complete chaos. But I'm just throwing it out. I mean, Marvel's done more chaotic things, so it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, listen, we are Marvel fan theories. I'm a fan, and it's a possible theory. <laughs> I'm just gonna make it. Wow, we need to take it super literally, yeah, Caitlin. Exactly. Thank you know, I stay close. <laughs> I, I stay on brand. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I do want to circle back really quick to the thing that did make me gasp, which was not that it made me gasp because it surprised me, but that it made me gasp when you were talking because I wanted to talk about it, which was Mark essentially admitted that the reason he met Layla and kind of pursued her was because he felt guilty about her father, which, like, that would send me over the deep end to Layla to find out my entire marriage and relationship was a sham because not only did he kill or was he not only instrumental in the death of my father, but he only sought me out because he felt bad for killing my dad. Wow. That one hurt. I'm really sorry, Layla. Yeah. Mark's, you know, I I don't have a connection to Mark. He's kind of trash. I don't feel for him. I don't, no matter what, I really don't feel sympathy. Mark's, meh. Steven. Yes. Mark, meh. You know? My thing is, like, Steven is the personality, but Mark is useful. Yeah. Like, his skill set is helpful, but he is kind of the worst. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think, too, it's it's hard because Steven is genuinely falling for Layla, which is something Mark could never say. He he wants to keep her safe, but it's almost because he feels responsible for the fact that she was put in a bad position because of what happened to her father. So it's like yeah. he feels more of a responsibility for her, not that love that Steven is clearly already beginning to feel towards her yeah and he does not admire her or respect her the way that steven does which steven's just a friend to women well sort of it's like a really awkward steven is a man written by a woman that is so true so (laughs) true yep that's really well put yeah that that is the fact so i don't know i i definitely feel for her and i i I agree with your statement that Mark is definitely useful. And I think that Mark can help Steven and Steven can help Mark. But I think they're working on figuring how that is going to work. Like, I think so far they've just been like, you're annoying. You're also annoying. But I like you. I like you too. Like, that kind of... Yeah, like siblings. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because I mean, you and I have that conversation all the time. Yeah. Honestly. Um, But... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but that's why I'm thinking... You know, they, they can really balance each other out. And I think, actually, in the process of doing that, can actually do what, for DID, one of the big goals is to kind of integrate the altars. And that's a good way to actually do it, is the fact that they could balance each other out and figure out this working together kind of thing can, you know, essentially pretty much make it so that they are no longer separated as altars. However, then you're going to throw Jake into the mix, and I'm not so sure how that's going to go. That'll be interesting. He's going to be... I'm actually so excited for him. I think he's going to be a whole new animal. Yes. And actually, since we're talking about Jake, I, I know I, meant, I brought this up last week um, about, you know, some of the Twitter riffs going on between comic book fans and um, MCU fans or people kind of in the middle and people not in the middle and people, you know, who like both, don't like both, whatever. 
And I know one of the riffs now I've uh, ventured in, uh, undercover, you know, as I do. (laughs) On my private account, I like to venture into things. Here to peep, but not to participate. Yeah, yeah. I I like to be aware. And then I'm like, okay, okay, now I know what's going on there. So we're good. Um, So I do know one of the riffs is people don't love that there's a lot of theories running with Jake being kind of, I'm using air quotations, the bad alter. Um, or the evil alter, once again, using quotations. Um, because in the in the comics that I did kind of do some research on this, he's really not. He's just like a taxi driver, man. Like, <laughs> Although I will say, like, two things there. One, you know, when I say, I think for me it's, it's less that he's the evil alter and more he's just a little more brutal. That doesn't necessarily make you evil. If you're fighting for the right people, that's fine. I know you have something to say and then we'll circle back to my second point, so go for it. Yeah, sorry. I actually want to point this out because I, did, I didn't I did think of it last week, but I thought about it during the blog. So I do want to just bring it up also here because it wasn't uh, the episode three blog, but I did want to say it here. Um, what I compared them to is Freudian th- um, thoughts. Um, so if you're familiar with this and you probably learned it in school at some point, the super ego, ego and id. And I see Steven as a super ego, you know, follows the rules. The, the good, you know, uh, to the book kind of person. The ego being Mark, who's kind of like right in the middle, not straying off the edge, but not like necessarily following all the rules. And then the id being Jake. So not inherently that like he's bad. He's just giving into instinctual things. And that's kind of how I, I'm viewing them for right now. Obviously, we haven't met Jake, but that's kind of the assumption because... And we can get to this in a different, like, after you have your other point. But because of how the show set him up so far, which is kind of part of the argument from on Twitter. But just to maybe if that helps visualize something, that's kind of how I've been looking at them, is that we have almost the three set up there in that way. Continue with your second point. <laughs> First of all, I like that. That was really, that was really smart. So good on you for Thank that you. one. All right. <laughs> That's my point. I think the one other thing I wanted to say, and and going back to what you mentioned about how Jake in the comics is actually just like a regular Joe Schmo taxi driver, I believe Steven in the comics is actually supposed to be super wealthy. Um, mm. And that's why Moon Knight often gets compared to Batman because of Steven being alike to Bruce Wayne. And then obviously with their alter egos in the, in the suits, Clearly, there's more personalities behind Steven than just, you know, Bruce on his side. But so I did read somewhere that people were kind of theorizing that and I don't know if it's confirmed or if it's just people talking that they kind of changed up Steven a little bit to differentiate him from Batman, which then if you think about like what's going on in theaters or came on in theaters during, you know, Moon Knight's run makes a lot of sense. You definitely don't want to have two super rich guys in capes coming out at the same time. That's not really I mean, obviously, they're not fighting each other for box office because two different mediums but I get that um so that's kind of one other thing I wanted to bring up that like you know it's not just Jake who is kind of different from his comic counterpart the Steven we know and love is not a museum guy in the, in the comics he's a very wealthy man so this wouldn't be the first time that one of the alters has departed from their comic book counterpart yeah and, the, and honestly that drives right into that argument is I and I did see you know I've seen some Heated arguments. I've seen some people who are comic book lovers who are defending some of the people who have the theories that Jake is kind of more of this bad guy or bad in the sake of he just doesn't really hold himself back. And and I don't remember who said it. It was a, a, and it might be a compilation of like many people have said things along these lines and I've kind of put it all together in my brain. But I do know a lot of people are also saying, you know, in the episode, he has been hinted at to be this more violent version. Um, the hints of him that we did get, especially in episode three, you I mean, he was brutally killing someone. Um, and then Mark came through finishing the murder and was yeah. like, yo, what the heck? And Mark's a mercenary. Like, I'm supposed to be the only one who takes a life in this yeah, body. One, he's a mercenary. And he even he was like, yo, this is too far. What is going on? Um, so I yeah. do think what we've gotten so far of Jake can give people that impression. And I think it's a fair impression. I know we even thought the same thing because I 
understand loving comic books and all that, and I dabble within a lot of them, but not full storylines all the time because they can be confusing. <laughs> um, I understand, but I also know the MCU kind of has to make its own way somehow, and I think if it followed comic books completely to everything, it would not be what it is today. I get both sides, I understand, but I will say, so far, the MCU's take on Jake does appear that he's going to be a little bit more of this raw kind of person who doesn't hold himself back from taking a life or doing what has to get done in a dirty way. We'll find out, obviously, when he makes his appearance, which I'm gonna assume is- it has to be soon, we got two episodes left, but- Which um, is crazy. I know. Where did they go? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm still going to run with that take. And like I said, I compare it to the, to um, kind of Ford's ideas. And, you know, it could, Marvel takes their information from a lot of places. So maybe they're also doing, maybe I'm right. And they're doing the exact same thing. And they were like, yeah, let's do this, this, and this. Let's make Steven this and Jake this and Mark this. And that, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's so much on the table when it comes to Marvel, you know, just, you can get some general ideas based on the comics and they're but at the end of the day they're loosely based on the comics. You know, some things yeah. are panel for panel and they'll go in there and say, We're gonna recreate this specific panel. Like there were, you know, not to bring in Thor again, but there were there's one image where he's looking at that yes. really large beast that's literally a recreation of a panel. So they not to say that they don't ever do that. They absolutely do. They do yeah. take generously from storylines, but at the same time They'll as equally say, hey, I'm going to totally, you know, take this away from what it was in the comics. And I think both of them are interesting because you don't want to be a comic fan who knows exactly what's going to happen because you read the comic and you're like, oh, here it is, beat for beat. I think, you know, a little bit surprised is not a bad thing, in my opinion. Well, and this is maybe a shameless plug for us, but keep in mind, you know, theories are what runs, especially these shows. At the end of the day, what would have what, what what would WandaVision have been? Without the theories. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bonding experience. And uh, we did not... It's a cultural Yeah, and, and we did not cover WandaVision at the time fully. I was doing blog posts about it, but we did not cover it in the podcast. I'm sure it will make its appearance eventually in the replay, um, which will be fun. You know, the theories kind of run the shows, especially because we are getting those weekly installments. There's a lot to talk about in between. So, you know, some people have wild theories. I let a wild theory out earlier. You know, just just let them have it. It's it's not a confirmation until we see it happen on screen. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But it, theories are fun. I just have one last thing I want to say before we wrap this episode. And then I've hit all of the points on my notes list for the evening. The last thing... I will say this episode, episode four, has been my favorite so far. I think by leaps and bounds, I thought it was like Indiana Jones meets like the mummy meets like, I don't even know, but it was very cool. And it like took me back to like those types of films, which I'm not always into, but like I enjoyed this. I will say, and not to be like a Debbie Downer, but I was expecting a little more from this episode. You know, the way people were hyping up episode four, like, I thought it was going to change everything and the whole landscape of everything we knew was going to change. Like when people say that stuff to me, that's what I expect in the MCU, you know? And based on that hype, I will say I was a little disappointed. I was expecting Jake. I was expecting Moon Knight, you know, even if it wasn't at the beginning, like towards the end, they were going to, you know, find a way to bring him back or to channel the power without Moon Knight. There are panels, I'm sorry, without Khonshu, there are panels where Mark, is able to, Mark, Stephen, and Jake, or, I don't know, the body, is able to, like, hold the power without Khonshu, that has precedence in the comics. So I was like, they don't technically need him. Like, they don't know that now, but they don't technically need him in order to be Moon Knight or Mr. Knight or whatever Jake's iteration will be. So I was like, let's bring on some Moon Knight, let's bring on some Jake, and I didn't get either one of those things. And then the way people were talking about it, I was expecting, like, some, like, grand revelation or something that I didn't get. But at the same time, I did I did like the action. I like how it made me scared to be at home alone in my apartment by myself um, to watch it. I was like, ooh, this is scary. But I enjoyed that. So favorite episode so far, but I still want a little more from it. Maybe we'll get that in five and six. But that's basically my overall thoughts about how I felt about four. I mean, personally, I was chilling with it. I was fine. <laughs> I definitely think people probably 
the biggest thoughts for them was the ending is what got them is the whole like oh my god this has changed the game but uh, maybe that's because too the only people this is gonna show bad on me who's supposed to be on the socials um but the only time i heard about the fourth episode being like what was from you so for me it i didn't i honestly forgot and didn't go into it with any expectations so i just was chilling um <laughs> i was like nice that was a good episode and then moved on <laughs> so you know I, I don't know i liked it i thought it was pretty good i'm very excited for episode five i think this is the first time i'm like really really excited to see the next episode just because i'm like i need some kind of something i am so lost so i mean not that i haven't liked the show but i think this is the first time I, this is like my wandavision era again where i'm like i don't know what's going on but i just need to see the next episode because i i need more answers and then i get the next episode or even loki when we used to like run around yeah. the house and be like what is happening like the episode yeah. we thought he died and then we, we ran around for a yeah. while screaming. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's just that, that moment now that I'm like, I'm so lost. I need an explanation. Please give me one. You know? That's, that's where I'm at. And I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. fine. I'm happy with it. Awesome. Well, that is going to be a wrap for us on Moon Knight Episode 4. We will see you guys back again next week when we cover, of course, Episode 5. And we have a double episode next week, meaning we are going to come out with two episodes because it is the week before Multiverse of Madness. It's almost here, my friends. They are doing press in Berlin. They're going to be doing their worldwide press tour soon. So, or what they are, but you know, all the premieres and things around the world. So it's here. It's coming. Our episode comes out next week. We are super excited to dive into trailers and get weird with you guys talking Multiverse of Madness. So if you would like to keep up with all of our content coming out around the rest of Moon Knight and Multiverse of Madness, both predictions and reactions, you should subscribe to the show on your platform, podcast platform of choice, so you can keep up with all of our episodes. You should also follow our blog where we have lots of supplemental content, things that we forgot to say, said wrong, or wanted to clarify from the episode, end up on the blog as a little bit of a catch-all after we've recorded. And last but not least, you should uh, check out our Spotify page, which has playlists for all of the shows, as well as songs uh, from the MCU, shows and movies that are available on Spotify. Yeah, and then, as I've already mentioned it, uh, make sure to go follow the Twitter, Let's Talk MFT. Almost forgot the name of it. I don't know why. <laughs> um, we are retweeting, we are tweeting, we are sharing all sorts of theories, thoughts, memes, everything. And if you can give us information, as I even pointed out earlier with one of the Twitter users that interacted with us, giving us some information about Miss Hippo, who we did not know who was what and couldn't give an explanation for, do it. I mean, you can get a shout out on the show as well, um, because it's super helpful for us and it's super helpful to share it with other fans who might not know who or what or whatever is happening either. So definitely, definitely, definitely interact with us, follow us. Uh, all new episodes and blogs also go up there, so you can kind of get everything you need in one location. Um, super excited, though. We are four-sixths of the way done with Moon Knight, and like Taylor said, MOM is right around the corner. So with all this content, don't forget, we have a lot coming out, too, because Marvel just blew your mind, so let's talk about it. 